40, 42, 43% of Americans now know that this guy likely violated the Espionage Act, and they don't give a damn. So at the end of the day, Donald Trump's right. He could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, and his supporters wouldn't care because what he's done is most likely he's violated the Espionage Act. <laughs> I actually feel badly for Scarborough. I really do. I think he needs a hug. <laughs> Not getting it from me. Little Friday Led Zeppelin, please. Welcome to Friday. Welcome to Friday in the Chris Plant Show. Michael Pelka in for Chris. Today he will be back Monday to kick off the week. And what a week it promises to be. We are going to have some very, very bombastic discussions on Sunday talk shows, I am sure. And that's before anything happens today. We might have some Supreme Court decisions coming out. I know the end of the term is just around the corner. And there's still a few important cases going. Two big decisions made yesterday. One giant decision made yesterday. And I'm also monitoring, in addition to the story of Donald Trump's seven counts in the indictment that were handed yesterday, although we don't have the full text of it. We know there are seven counts. We know they use the words Espionage Act, which triggered triggered Scarborough. I'm sure last night he he and Mika were dancing around joyfully. And then today he had to talk about how bad this was for America. What a dark day this is. And inside he's doing a happy dance. Let's face it. He absolutely is. Uh, But between that and now that we know why this dropped yesterday, because the information in the forms that uh, the FBI has been sitting on that show the Biden crime family was the recipient of two five million dollar bribes from a Ukrainian official, a Ukrainian. Well, it's a businessman. And that ties directly to Joe Biden, ties directly to Hunter, and they show how they wound them through the financial system to hide it. And yet this was done in a couple of months while the DOJ and the courts in Delaware have been investigating for years and not showing any progress. Uh, Those stories are big. They finally got the bear in D.C. that was running around D.C. today. So that's solved. So that's a good thing. But I'm wondering what else are we paying attention to? And there's some big stories. I was reading the Financial Times if you um, if you know it, you recognize it. it's kind of a salmon-colored paper. It's a pretty good paper, and they cover stuff that you never see here in America, but it's stuff that, that will affect us eventually. Uh, now, they have been covering all week the uh, environmental bomb that hit Ukraine with the destruction of the, what is it called, the Kakovka Dam on the Dnipro River in southern Ukraine. And it's a it's a massive breach of this dam that has flooded and forced thousands of people to evacuate. And we're not talking about it. You want to talk about environmental damage, that that dam being blowed up and it looks like Ukraine's pointing a finger at, at Russia and Russia's pointing a finger at Ukraine. But fact of the matter is this is a catastrophe. And we're not talking about it because we're talking about this this crazy indictments of Donald Trump. And, and the other story that nobody's talking about here, and this is also in the Financial Times from a day or two ago, 
New Delhi. The um, Indian government is erasing Charles Darwin from textbooks. I want you to think about that. Deletion of the theory of evolution and the periodic table of elements. They're taking science, actual science, out of the textbooks in India. That's, that's stunning to me, and nobody's talking about it. And let's face it, India, whose population is going to eclipse China's within, I think it's a decade and a half, that's a significant effect. Because if you remove science from education because of the dominance of one religious group in the government, then you're handicapping your country going forward nationally and globally. Just an interesting story. We talked about stories that aren't getting coverage, aren't getting coverage while we are obsessed with this. And it's, I think it's okay for us to be obsessed about someone who's trying to mess with our elections, especially when that someone occupies the White House, when that someone is, uh, is sitting there with their finger on the button. And it, it's not just here. This, uh, this topic is reaching all over. It's even in Canada. And the Chris Plant Show, yes, we, we throw a wide net on the Chris Plant Show. And the phone lines are always open for everybody, 888 I saw this and I said, I, I have to get a Canadian comment on this. Bernie is calling from Montreal. Bernie, welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Or should I say bonjour? Well, you can say uh, bonjour. You can say hello. We use all languages. Okay, I'll, I'll speak Canadian to you. How's it going, eh? Quite well, quite well. Okay, um, good. What I wanted to introduce into the conversation in the last hour is not my original thought, but just things that are pertinent to it and things I've heard. And the question is Mr. Obama's involvement in these things. For example, if uh, Joe Biden was carrying on these activities while he was vice president, surely the systems built up over the years to uh, surveil people who are in the administration and make sure they don't uh, cross too many lines would have alerted him to what Joe Biden was doing. So um, uh, I'm sure he was I mean, unlikely, or the odds are anyway, unlikely that he was unaware, but uh, he didn't stop it. So um, let's say it gives him an element of complicity. And prior to that, um, this one I heard also in some quarters, when Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State and was communicating on her private server, her email address would not have had on that private server the standard suffix of .gov, but would have had the normal .com. And incoming emails would have stood out as .com from Hillary rather than .gov. And again, it would have drawn attention and they would have had to say something about it or become aware of why. And again, they let it pass. So uh, all it points to is that uh, we're talking about uh, Mr. Biden's family business, but um, there's somebody higher up who uh, gave a kind of uh, backward blessing to it. That's a that's a great point, Bernie. And um, I hope your cat's OK, but that's a terrific point. And the fact that Joe Biden, now that we know from the forms that were viewed yesterday by by Comer's committee, now that we know that Joe Biden was involved in what appears to be 
a multi-million dollar bribe scam uh, during his time as vice president. You're right. That does take it under the Obama administration. And uh, we, we could go all the way back if we can actually get access to all the documents in the various piles, various caches of uh, Joe Biden documents, classified or not, that he has. But there has been a, a longstanding rumor that the the um, Biden administration is truly the third term of of um, the Obama administration, especially with the involvement of Valerie Jarrett and Susan Rice. And you, one assumes that the minute the Hunter story broke and then got credibility, that the defense mechanisms had to start showing up and be put in place because if it comes back to Barack Obama, this could be a big stain, especially on next year's Democratic National Convention happening in Obama's hometown of Chicago. He'll have to leave one of his beachfront homes to go there. But that would be a serious stain on the DNC's party as they're trying to move forward to the 2024 election. I agree with you. I, I think there are people beyond uh beyond Joe Biden. And one of the people even said, is it possible that 10% for the big guy meant not Joe Biden, but meant Barack Obama? It is possible. Anything's possible at this point. What's required is transparency. And I don't know if we're ever going to get that. But uh, I thank you for being there, Bernie. Appreciate you. Boy, oh boy, this, this is going to dominate, of course, as it should for some time now. And I thought there were some fairly interesting comments being made from some surprising areas. I don't know if you knew this, but the lesser Cuomo, uh, the Cuomo who uh, was on CNN for a while, he's got a show now. Dan Abrams has a thing called News Nation that's out there. And Chris Cuomo has a television program that is, I think it's garnering fewer eyeballs than CNN these days. So it's probably immediate family only. But yesterday... Chris Cuomo was talking to a couple of different guests about this. One of them being uh, not a conservative journalist. I'm talking about um, Matt Taibbi, the guy who exposed the Twitter files, thanks to Elon Musk turning them over to him. Taibbi and Cuomo were talking about the Trump indictment yesterday and how this actually might be something good for Mr. Trump. I'm not so sure that these investigations uh, aren't done in a way that winds up intentionally or unintentionally helping uh, the former president, to be honest, because every time there's a swing, it seems to expose the fact that they go after him with what seems to be at or below a level of anything that would be impressive to people reviewing the documents. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely true. Uh, Matt Taibbi continued about... um, the same on the same topic, talking about indicting the likely nominee. My feeling is if you're going to take the very extreme step of uh, indicting somebody who is the likely nominee of the opposition party, uh, the, the, the charge has to meet two tests. It has to be extremely serious and it has to be an airtight case. And I think both of these cases fail uh, on both of those points. Kind of interesting that a guy who is not a conservative who is not in the Trump camp is honestly telling you that both of these points are not supported by the indictments. 
Taibbi talked about how the rest of the world looks at it and how they would see these indictments. I think that to the majority, the optics are terrible. If you're swinging at somebody during an election and you don't have what we deem the goods. Oh, that was Cuomo talking about that. I, I cut five is the one I was looking for, please, Michael. I think if you are a person who grew up in a third world country, you would recognize this kind of thing as something that happens um, in, in a non entirely free society. So that's the optics of this are terrible. I mean, there's no way around it. Yeah, the optics of this are terrible. A lot of people are saying, well, terrible for Trump or terrible for the administration. I think it's terrible for the administration. And it ties back to something. We played a clip earlier from Senator Tom Cotton talking about if if this goes forward, how this looks to us and what this does to our republic. The president in power can just jail his political opponents, which is what Joe Biden is trying to do tonight. We don't have a republic anymore. We don't have the rule of law. We don't have the Constitution. Our Constitution is built on the basic rule of law and due process, and nobody should be in doubt of what's happening tonight. Joe Biden and his cronies are trying to take out their chief political opponent. This has never happened before in American history. Yeah, Uh, he's right. And that's kind of what Taibbi was backing up. Taibbi also talked about how uh, Barack Obama used the Espionage Act against leakers and journalists. Also, you have to consider the context. Uh, you know, Barack Obama, who I voted for twice, um, set the record for the use of the Espionage Act against leakers. Uh, he used it against journalists. Yeah. This is not strange territory to Democrats. They have weaponized government. But they've never seen a fighter like Donald John Trump. Honestly. Never. Never, never, never. All right, your calls are welcome at 888-630-9625. Still a lot more to get to on what's happened in the last 23 hours. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Well, I have a breaking news update. It's Michael Pelkin for Chris Plant and the Chris Plant Show. And uh, I always like to make sure if I screw something up that um, I take the heat for it. And it, it was not Tom Cotton who I played for you earlier. It was not Tom Cotton. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I was giving you fake news. I, I give, have to give myself... 
the fake news award. It was Senator Josh Hawley. So I apologize. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. It still does not diminish the impact of what was said. So thank you, Josh Hawley. And thank you to uh, everyone who called to correct me. (laughs) It's not the first time, won't be the last time. (laughs) I'm happy to say. Just amazing. Um, we are we are seeing all kinds of people stepping up now and saying, "Hold on a second here, hold on a second here." What's ha- what's happening here to Mr. Trump is so wrong, so unfair, and maybe even illegal. And then at the same time, we're we're not getting enough information on the alleged $5 million that was paid to Joe Biden based on a whistleblower. Remember, we're supposed to believe whistleblowers. And we also heard that there will be at least uh, two other reports that need to be viewed by Comer's committee. But yesterday, Anna Polina Luna was speaking about what's happening, and uh, she had some great clarity on the subject. Um, It's very likely that this president is going to be impeached, and by that I mean Joe Biden, and rightfully so. I would be saying the same thing for if it was a Republican. If you're guilty of public corruption and selling out your position, you don't deserve to be in office. So Bingo. That's absolutely spot on. Thank you, lady. And, And Nancy Mace, who is no fan of Donald Trump. Nancy Mace, who got uh, basically a primary contender supported by uh, Donald Trump, has come up and, and said, no, this is wrong. And they have the bank records and the bank records are critical to all of this. And we need to see transparency on that. I think we will. It's going to take a while. It certainly won't take as long as it took everybody in the uh, in the courthouse in Delaware, where they've just muffled everything about the Hunter Biden illegal activities, which ties back to Joe. But Ashley Moody, the attorney general in Florida reacted to the indictment as well. The news broke, and and for everyone, I think it felt less like uh, yeah. the, the fair application of law and more like a recent installment of Game of Thrones. I mean, Merrick and Garland so, so actually, could be the campaign manager for Joe Biden at this point. Well, in just the 20 seconds we've got left, do you believe this indictment was politically motivated? I think in order to make sure the American people understand that that or we have any hope of making sure the American people know that's not the case, we need to have an indictment that fully lays out and speaks to what they have. We will see. Tuesday, we'll get the details. It's Opelka in for Plant on the Chris Plant Show. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It is the Chris Plant Show on a Friday. Mike Opelka in for my friend Chris Plant. Thank you for being here. Thank you to so many people who tracked me down on Facebook, on Twitter. I haven't checked Instagram. I've been a little bit of a slacker here. There's a lot happening. But uh, thank you to all of you. 
Many great thoughts and many great opinions out there. And the phones are open at 888-630-9625, 9625 I think I'm going to take exception, though, with the theory being proposed by one of our very smart callers. Let's see what's going on in the mind of Brian in Potomac, Maryland. Brian, welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Brian, are you with me? Thank you for taking my call. I'm, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got you now. Go ahead, sir. What's on your mind? Well, I just want to uh, say that I'm not of the opinion that the Democrats, uh, I mean, obviously this is a big setup. Uh, they want to try and just uh, beat him down with, with every indictment and multiple indictments uh, that they can to try and either, you know, just to damage his, uh, his campaign. But I really think that what they're really focused on is trying to use this indictment as insulation and protection for Joe Biden, because as we all know, Democrats always accuse you of what they're guilty of. And in this case, it's so evident that they just want to be able to run this indictment through. Even if he's acquitted, they can then just turn around when the Republicans try and go after uh, Joe Biden at some point and say, oh, you're just being you're just simply being uh, vindictive and, and uh, you know, trying to get back for what we did to Trump. OK, that's a fair point. And, and you're exactly right. Whenever a Democrat points a finger at you, there are three pointing right back at themselves, usually doing what they are accusing you of doing. But here's where I differ with you on this. Um, I think there is a sea change afoot inside the Democratic Party when it comes to protecting Joe Biden. I do believe that um, they would like to not have Joe Biden as their candidate. I honestly believe that. And I point to a couple different things. There is a, a growing rehabilitation of Kamala Harris underway. They're sending her out to things that have more gravitas to them. And she's speaking on these things. They also are pushing the guy who checks a lot of boxes for them as well. And that would be Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete's making appearances and being asked about how to control, how to better get a handle on our debt. And I think they're trying to find options if um, they're truly worried, especially after the fall of the fall of Joe Biden. And I also believe that there are other candidates out there for the Democratic Party who are now seeing an opportunity. And so while it may feel like they're trying to circle the wagons around Uncle Joe, I believe that they are looking at other options. And that's always a wise thing in politics because you never know what's going to pop up. For example, let me play something for everybody. Yesterday, Gavin Newsom, he's the uh, he's the governor there in California. Gavin Newsom is uh, speechifying and talking about how he he needs to fix everything in his state. But he also wants to fix something in America. And that is the Second Amendment. And at the heart of every real Democrat's uh, thinking is the idea that they need to eliminate gun ownership in this country. And that means they need to get rid of the Second Amendment, your right to keep and bear arms, which I'm a firm supporter of. And uh, so Gavin Newsom wants a new amendment. And here is something that sounds remarkably like a campaign ad to me. 
if I were running for president, I would build an ad that sounds like, even if I were a liberal Democrat, I would build an ad that sounds like this. Every time it's the same. They tell us we can't stop these massacres. They tell us we have to stand by and watch tragedy after tragedy unfold in our communities. They say we can't stop domestic terrorism without violating the Second Amendment. And the thoughts and prayers are the best we can do. I'm here to say that's a lie. In this country, we do have the power, the power to change things, to reclaim our freedom from fear. Our ability to make a more perfect union is literally written into the Constitution. So today, I'm proposing the 28th Amendment to the United States Constitution to do just that. So this is like 40 seconds into this ad, this announcement that he's proposing a new amendment to the Constitution. Now, he's not a member of the House or the Senate. He's not able to propose new laws. But I guess if he were to be the president of the United States, he could maybe suggest that the Congress create a new amendment. And so he's proposing this. And just if you listen to the first 10 seconds, you hear the music, you look at the shots, the, the perfectly coiffed hair of the governor. And you see him with children in the school talking about this. So you're thinking, OK, well, he, he wants to do something about gun violence and uh, all the deaths by guns in this country. I mean, well, let's find out what he has in mind. Let's go through his plan. The 28th Amendment permanently enshrines four additions to the laws of our land. So he's, he's pitching a new amendment that has four simple rules that will make everything safer for Americans. I wonder what they are. It raises the minimum age to purchase a firearm from 18 to 21. Hmm. Now, I already have a problem with this right there. To raise the age to purchase a firearm from 18 to 21. What is this going to do to the military where you can join the U.S. military at the age of 18? And let's say you serve from your 18th birthday to your 20th birthday and then you decide to go to college and you get out of college. Now, you've been trained in firearm use and maybe you you even want to continue carrying a firearm after you get out of military and you won't be able to do that. Because the age would be raised to 21. And what do you do with all the people who are currently holding firearms uh, between the ages of 18 and 21? What do we do with them? I wonder what else he has in mind. Because if you can't buy a beer, you shouldn't be able to buy a gun. Hmm. You can't buy a beer, so you shouldn't be able to buy a gun. I'm old enough to remember when you could buy a beer at the age of 18 in this country when being an adult happened when you were 18. But I maintain that since Obamacare, the Democrats have been pushing to try and raise the age of adulthood to 26. Remember, you you were allowed, thanks to Obamacare, to stay in your parents' insurance until you were 26 years old. So it effectively made you a child, a dependent, up until your 26th birthday. Are the Democrats pushing now to raise Majority, where you become a person, a real adult person capable of entering into a legal contract, buying a home, etc., getting a loan, serving your country to 21. Certainly sounds like that's where they're headed here. But yet there are people in California, Nancy Pelosi, one of them, who would like 16-year-olds to vote. 
but you you want them to be able to pick the government, but you don't want them to be able to defend themselves. But this ties in again with a lot of their thinking. But let's see what else he has in mind. It mandates universal background checks to prevent truly dangerous people from purchasing a gun that can be used in a crime. Hmm. I wonder, uh, universal background checks, what does that mean? Because I've purchased firearms and I've successfully passed background checks for more than a decade now. I'm just wondering, what is this universal background check? This is short on specifics, is it not? It institutes reasonable waiting periods for all gun purchases. Reasonable waiting periods. What is a reasonable waiting period? And who decides what reasonable is? If it's Gavin Newsom or Nancy Pelosi, reasonable is probably seven years. I'm just saying. I understand the thinking behind a waiting period. But who decides what's reasonable and what is not? And now he's got more. And it bans civilians from buying assault rifles. Those weapons of war our founding fathers never foresaw. Hmm. Our founding fathers didn't see cell phones either. So if somebody uses a cell phone to kill somebody, should we outlaw them? The um, assault weapons that they like to use this term are really just scary rifles. They are not weapons of war. You go into a war and if your army is only armed with AR-15 platform rifles, you're going to lose badly really quickly, too. This is a dangerous dude. But at the core of this is really a campaign ad. It looks, it sounds, it's presented like a campaign ad. This will guarantee states as well the ability to enact common sense gun safety laws. Again, who decides what is a common safe, common sense gun safety law? The 10th Amendment already protects states and allows states to enact restrictions on gun ownership. It does. And it's currently in place. I could tell you I live within an hour's driving time of five different states and the laws and all of them are different. And I avoid New Jersey like the plague. Not only are they banning barbecuing this weekend, but it is a dangerous place to be if you're a legal gun owner in New Jersey. While leaving the Second Amendment intact. No, it doesn't. And respecting America's gun owning tradition. The 28th locks in the common sense constitutional protections that Democrats, Republicans, independents, and gun owners overwhelmingly support. And it ensures NRA-owned politicians can never strip those protections away. This fight won't be easy, and it certainly won't be fast. Now, the visuals are showing the governor of California walking hand-in-hand with children through the streets, waving flags of California. And when he mentions the NRA politicians, the NRA-owned politicians, you see Governor DeSantis and the governor of Texas. This is all about taking away all of your rights. It's all about that. Taking away the Second Amendment rights. Legal gun ownership is something that is uh, currently on the table if you're a Democrat. It's not on the table if you're a uh, a fan of small government and big freedom and personal responsibility and the right to protect yourself. I think it's very important. Very important. Let's see how this ends. It's only got a few more seconds left. Convening a constitutional convention requires two-thirds of the states to call for this. California will be the first. But that's just the beginning. Join us. 
by going to campaignfordemocracy.com and signing the petition. I won't be going there, just in case you're wondering. I won't be going there, and I avoid California like the plague as well. On the backs of this is something interesting that's gotten almost no attention from the mainstream media, and I, I bring it up because it deserves attention. Last week, the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms people, came out with a statement that says, since marijuana is technically not legal in the country, yes, it's legal in certain states. I think we're at 22 states right now. 22 states where recreational use of marijuana is legal, but it's not legal in America. Federally, it's not legal. And the ATF is telling us that if you are a marijuana user, you can't be a gun owner. There's a major push to destroy your Second Amendment rights. And all I'm saying is you have to pay attention. We are being distracted on every single level by things like indictments of former presidents, UFO stories. We have to pay attention to everything because the left is eroding away your freedoms in every corner, everywhere you look. Just so you know. All right, I am uh, I'm going to take a quick break here. When we get back, we'll see who's on the phones and maybe do a couple of little quick updates there. And then we'll wrap up today's edition of the Chris Plant Show. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on the Chris Plant Show. It is the Chris Plant Show, wrapping up three hours, sitting in for Chris. He returns Monday. My name is Michael Pelka. Thank you. Thank you. So many of you stepping up, stepping in, joining the conversation as well. Uh, I've got a couple more things I need to play and then uh, maybe grab a quick call here. James is in Gary, Indiana. I hope listening on the great WLS in Gary, Indiana. James, welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Hello. How you doing, Michael? We appreciate you. We appreciate everything you do. Thank you. As well as Chris Plant. I, I understand. Yeah, what, what, now, you had a great observation here. I, I think we should bring it to light. Yes, yes, I, I believe so. Um, I believe it should be stated on national television, on the news. And uh, the fact of the matter is that if Joe Biden, that there's proof that he took $10 million as the vice president under Barack Obama, how much money did Barack Obama receive? Because with the money that he's made by being president doesn't amount to him having multi-million dollar mansions across the country. Yeah, but he's, he did make deals, though, uh, James. I will tell you this. He made deals with publishers, and now he's getting a whole bunch of money thrown his way by Netflix. But we should ask that question. Every time we see former presidents, former senators, former members of the House cashing gigantic checks after they leave office, how much of that was due to influence peddling? In this case, I think we have maybe one of the biggest cases ever. I appreciate you for being there, James. Thank you, sir. I, I, I got to get this in because this happened yesterday. Joe Biden met with the, uh, the U.K. Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, who in the past he has called Rashid Sanuk. Not a joke, 
as Joe would say, not a joke. He recently referred to the prime minister as Rashid Sunuk. But Rishi Sunak was at the White House yesterday, and Joe went into full Abe Simpson mode. You know, Homer Simpson's father, guy who was drifting off into storytelling, and uh, he forgot the name of maybe the most famous prime minister in the history of the United Kingdom. If we had time, I'd take you over to the residence where I live. And when you were over at Blair House, uh, the, uh, President Truman was there because they were redoing the White House. He put a whole new, the Truman balcony exists now because of Blair House. That, that second balcony you see, the first balcony you see going up. So at any rate, uh, and there's an awful lot of stories that are told, probably a bunch apocryphal about uh, um, former prime minister uh, like you take baths up the anyway wandering so, around at three in the morning yeah winston churchill <laughs> bothering uh, bothering mrs roosevelt yeah yeah so it's nice that sunak bailed him out but he forgot winston churchill's name it's beyond embarrassing and the media doesn't call him out on this never he, he can't put a sentence together he can't tell a story he's all caught up so If you think about political punditry, you know, we have to go to some of the great minds in America to ask if it is Biden versus Trump. If we get through all of this, uh, Trump's mental or uh, Biden's mental and physical problems and Trump's legal problems. And it is Donald Trump against Joe Biden again. Who will win? Well, let's go to the ace reporting and the coverage of Gene Simmons's prediction. Yes, Gene Simmons from KISS. Who's going to win the American election? Give me a name. Donald Trump. <gasps> wow. So wow! We can ignore all the cases. We can ignore the indictments. We can ignore the sexual it's assaults. Democracy, Paul. We can ignore the fact I'm he's going to potentially making, be... He wasn't making a judgment. He just said he thinks he's going to win. I'm not... I love the fact that the British people are caught up in this. It's a giant distraction. We need to pay attention to important stuff. We need to hope that the rule of law can happen and that under the banner at the Supreme Court that equal justice under law actually happens. Pay attention, people. There's a lot going on behind all the noise. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you, Michael Piercy. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jasmine. And all of you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Till next time, Testudo, my friends, Testudo. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.